Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, member of Stewardship and Mission of Faith. How are you doing, Rob? Oh, doing great. Good to be here. Excellent, excellent. Today, we're going to break open the bread of life that comes from Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. So if everybody would just take a moment and get their Bibles, and again, turn to Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open that bread? I don't mind at all. I'd love to. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of this moment. You are the God of now, and you don't want us to get stuck in the swirl of yesterday or any worries about tomorrow. You want us to be here with you now, so you can love us now. You can provide peace for us now. You can give us joy now in the moment. So, Lord, we are here, and we we just want to thank you, and thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, and we just invite you, dear Holy Spirit, into this conversation, uh, into the cars and homes of all those listening everywhere. Uh, where we are here in the studio and outside, uh, dear Holy Spirit, just come in a big way. Fill our hearts with your love. Uh, help us to be docile, teachable, that uh, anything that the Lord is saying uh, to us, that, that we can have the courage to live that out, to be better fathers, better husbands, better mothers, better wives, sons, daughters, whatever role that we're in in our lives. Holy Spirit, please give us the courage uh, to live the word each and every day. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And again, our reading comes from Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus' homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. David, as you're reading that, uh, the the three words that jumped out at me uh, were, were "Lord, help me, Lord, help me," and it reminds me of uh, of Peter when he responds to Jesus's invitation to come to walk on the water, and uh, and he's walking and then he starts to worry and and he starts to sink and what does he say? Jesus, save me! 
right? So, Lord, help me. Jesus, save me. It's these, these little breath prayers that we, could, that we can pray all throughout the day when we feel that we're falling, when we feel that you know, our loved ones are being tormented, when we're being tormented, when you know, any, any situation, uh, Lord, help me. Jesus, save me. Uh, just to just to pray that prayer, that beautiful prayer when you know, we can't figure out. Sometimes, I don't know, David, if you ever experienced this where you're just so dry in prayer that you, you, you sit there and, and uh, you can't string a, a few words together. And, you know, just, Lord, help me. Jesus, save me. And just sit there and, and enjoy, enjoy just, just being in his presence. And that's so important, Rob, because the Father's with us all the time. He just wants us to call out. You know, he wants us to ask for his help. And many times, Rob, I'll wake up in the morning and I'm too tired to get up to go to Mass. I don't have the energy. And I'll go, Lord, you got to get me up. you got to get me dressed, get me showered, and get me to Mass because I don't have the energy. But in those moments of surrender, it is amazing how once I'm up, dressed, showered, and to Mass, man, I get filled up with this amazing grace that comes from God through this reception of him in both the Word and in the Eucharist, and I go out empowered. It's like, where did I get this energy? But we get the energy from God, who strengthens us and gives us that food every day he offers it to us at every Mass. So for me, that crying out to the Lord, you know, that 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 true, you know, calling out to the Father, he wants that kind of a relationship. He wants to have communion with us all day long, common union. And I look at the word I, I circle was withdrew. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus was taken where God the Father wanted to take him. Why? He was taken there for one woman, for that daughter. And so he withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So if we're surrendered to the Lord, he takes us where he wants us to go. Why? For a divine appointment, for an opportunity to bring his love, his mercy, his compassion to someone in need. And here we read, Rob, this was a Canaanite woman, which really had nothing to do with the Israel, Israelite people. So it'd be kind of be going into a camp of, you know, say, Muslims or atheists or wherever. These are still God's children, and he wants to bring his truth to them, his love to them. And, you know, where Jesus, you know, puts it on the challenge and says, you know, he came for the, for the children, you know, and, and don't throw this to the dogs. But that was a challenge just to see where she was at. Where was the purity of her heart? Did she come to him just to have a a magic act performed, just to have something done? She came with a pure heart. She did him homage. She recognized him as God. And based on that faith, he says, let it be done to you as you wish. That's just, to me, a challenge to look at everybody I encounter every day as an opportunity in my life, a divine appointment to bring God's love, his mercy, his healing ointment, which is love always to that person, wherever they're at and whoever they are. Don't walk with eyes of judgment. Walk with an open heart. You know, I mean, you know, I can get twisted up a little bit on this. We're like, man, why would God, why would Jesus say that? But then as I get deeper into it, it was a challenge mm-hmm. to see where her heart is. Yeah, and, and just look how she responded to that, David. She, um, she did him homage, right? She didn't get offended. She didn't attack. She didn't react, right? She did him homage. And this yes. is a pagan. This is yes. someone who didn't know God, the one true God. And, and, and she did him homage. And, and you and I are here and, and all the folks listening who are Christian. We know Jesus, we know Jesus is Lord and Savior, and how often do we lack 
um, doing him homage, right? And, and offering this, these little prayers of, of help. You know, we try to save ourselves and we try to help ourselves. And this woman came and said, Lord, help me. But first did him homage, right? That she prostrated herself and, and paid that respect that we often just don't, right? And how often in my life have I not gave Jesus the, the, the due that he was, that he deserves in my life that, um, you know, just live, you know, just kind of go, go along lukewarm. And, and here I have Jesus, Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. who's loved me so much and given me so much. And it's just waiting, just waiting with patience for me to come home. And here this woman is teaching me a lesson. Someone who doesn't know God is, is paying this much respect to Jesus. That's it's, so important because we become so caught up in our holiness in our own eyes. We feel like we're entitled to this. And now we need, to, we need to realize what she did. She cried out, have pity on me. We're all sinners. I go to Mass every day. I go to Mass every morning. It's like, Lord, have pity on me. I'm a sinner. Lord, forgive me of my sins so that I can truly be that temple to receive you, body, blood, soul, and divinity. You know, in the Eucharist, amidst, when we lose that humility, we lose the Lord mm-hmm. because pride comes in and purges the Lord from our hearts. And yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a trap. But you used another word, offended. And there's a great book called The Bait of Satan. I loved it because wherever, when, if the enemy can get us to be offended, because this woman, she could have got offended. And she could have been like, huh. You call me a dog? Yeah. Who, who do you think you are? Well, you might be God, but who do you think you are? But no, she stayed humble. And I think that's another key learning point here is don't be offended. When two friends, the enemy's battle cry is divide and conquer. Jesus' prayer for unity in John 17, that's what it's all about, unity in the one body of Christ. The enemy wants to divide and conquer. I think that's why there's over 40,000 denominations today, because pride gets in there, divide, conquer, divide, conquer. So whenever we get offended, we got to realize the enemy's in the camp of our hearts, because that's not what God uses. God always wants to restore relationships, renew, you know, resurrect. But he doesn't the offense. That's an enemy tool. Mm-hmm. So we always got to know his, his flag's flying in our camp, the camp of our hearts. If we take offense on something, that's not of God, not of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the, the scripture that comes to me too, David, as, as we're sharing here is, is ask, seek, and knock. Mm-hmm. Right, ask, seek, and knock. And he said... You sometimes look at this and calling her a dog and all of her people dogs. And, you know, maybe it is that test, you know, testing her. Is she going to be persistent? And when he tells us to ask and seek and knock, he's asking us to be persistent too. And, and you know, are, are we persistent or do we just, you know, throw up a prayer and give up or, you know, not, not get the answer that we want or we expect and we get frustrated? Right? So how persistent are we in our prayer? Even if we don't hear anything, even if we don't feel anything, even if we don't, we, even if we don't receive any consolation, that is, is God enough? Is God enough? Not what God can give us, not what God can provide us, not the consolation of peace and joy and love and ecstasy or whatever. Is God enough for us to, to do him homage and get on our face and just and pray? You know, and, and Rob, as you were just sharing that, I had the vision of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, because that, that passage in Scripture has taught me so much about prayer. Prayer in that communion with God, that common union, is always about surrender to the will of God. Jesus, in, in that deep prayer, in that agony prayer coming from his heart, said, you know, if possible, 
let this cup pass from me. This chalice pass from me. But not my will be done, your will be done. When we pray and we truly surrender and we have that faith that this woman did, we trust God that the answer to the prayer is going to be the best for us, the best for us. And that may mean that a loved one goes home because the ultimate goal is God brings everyone home to heaven. And so many times we go kicking and screaming, you didn't heal that person. I prayed for them. Excuse me. Do you want them to stay in this world? Or do you want to let them go so that they can go home to be with God for all eternity? So for me, that, that you know, letting go is that surrender. Let it be done to me according to your word. Mary gives us that example, you know, in the Annunciation. Let it be done to me according to your word. You know, and Jesus gives it to us again in the garden. Not my will, but your, your will. And I love it also here. This mother came in prayer, not for herself, for her daughter. Well, that daughter can be a physical daughter or a spiritual daughter or a spiritual son or a physical son. Intercession prayer for people, we can pray all day long. We can pray in the car, in a traffic line, in the line at a grocery store. We can pray. Every one of those opportunities are given to us by God to pray for others. So when we get delayed, detained, a flight's canceled, don't look at it in the negative and say, I can't believe you did that, Lord. No, look at it in the positive and say, I got six more hours at this airport. Do you know how many rosaries I can pray? For other people. Intercessory prayer is the greatest gift of love that we can give to another person. Amen. And, and, and don't be afraid to ask, seek, and knock for yourself, too. Uh, the other day, I rushed into the day, and I, I just kind of threw up a, you know, a, a little layup, a, a lame layup of a prayer. Um, and then I rushed right into my work and I was doing work for God, you know, for the ministry, but it was a lame prayer and I rushed in and part of my, my rushing in was checking emails and God had a, a way of slowing me down. I got an email with a quote from St. John Vianney saying that, that the devil does not want us to start our day in prayer. And I'm paraphrasing this, but basically the devil does not want us to start our day in prayer because the devil knows that if we do, and we surrender our day to him because God knows where we're going to get tripped up in that day. And he has the grace for us if we ask. So the devil wants us to get us so busy that we, that we forego this most important time of prayer in the morning. That we're just presenting ourselves, presenting our day and saying, God, you know where I'm going to be tempted. You know where I'm going to be tripped up. You know where I might you know, have an opportunity to take the, you know, the bait of Satan and get offended. Lord, please, whatever those opportunities are for the evil one to work, Lord, I'm here. I need your grace. Fill me, fill me, fill me. So we can have the, the grace that we need for what God knows is going to happen. And then at the end of the day, if we don't do that, there's going to be all this grace that's just wasted. And we, Dave and I, you, you, you and I had a, a meeting this past week with a woman and we were talking, a couple, and we were talking about St. Monica. Right, that Saint Monica interceded for years and years and years for Augustine, right? But it was her prayers, her intercession that yes. freed him. He was tormented, right? Yes. Right, but by 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 his sins, by the evil one, and 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 living that that unchaste life. But her, his mom loved him through it, stuck with him, and prayed. Just didn't rely on her own self, but prayed and interceded and prayed. And that's what we're called to do, right? That imagine if we see this beautiful bounty of grace for our sons or our daughters, right? We make it to heaven and we see this bounty of grace and we say, Lord, what was that? Oh, that was the grace for your daughter when she was going through that tough time that, 
I had waiting for her. I had it waiting for her. You didn't ask. No one asked. Right? So the power of a praying parent, right? That's what Jesus is teaching us here. The power of a praying parent, a parent who's on their knees and just just giving it all out for for sons and daughters and then and spouses as well. And I, you know what, that's so important because I was thinking of, you know, in an airplane, they say when the oxygen masks drop, the first thing you do is not put the oxygen mask on your child or someone else. Put it on yourself. And I was thinking of Ephesians 6 because when you read that, I think everybody listening today, start reading it and take it seriously. Ephesians 6 tells us, put on the armor of Christ. We've got to put on the breastplate. We've got to put, you know, get the sword of truth, helmet of salvation. We've got to put on the whole armor of Christ. And then what are we called to do? Stand and hold. Not advance, not fight, stand and hold. Why? Because God is the one that advances us. He takes us where he wants us. God is the one who does the fighting for us. We are called to stand. We are called to hold. And we are armed with the Lord. The sword of truth, I guarantee you, will cut down and cut through the lies of the enemy when shared with humility and courage. So stand and hold. So for each of us here today, suit up and then get out of your comfort zone. And we look here, Jesus says, you know, I was sent only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We could change that around and say, hey, I'm only here for the Christians. Excuse me. Stop that. That's what Jesus is trying to teach us here. Get out of your comfort zone. If the Lord takes you into a gathering of whatever, take the Lord with you. Ask the Lord to give you the words to share, to pierce the hearts with the truth of God, to share stories of God interacting in your life, and watch God work. Because it's not about me. It's about what God chooses to do in you, with you, and through you. And it's my morning prayer, Rob, every day. I pray to be a blessing to others. I pray to be used as an instrument in the salvation of souls through His grace. And God, again and again and again, uses me as His feet, as His hands, as His eyes, as His ears, as His heart, to go into the lives of others, to help set captives free who are in the bondage of sin, help people see who are in the blindness of the deception of the enemy. So it is amazing when you realize that God is doing this in you, with you, and through you. But here's the key, and I wrote it down here. Always live a life of a grateful heart. Rob, you and I, we give our yes, and then, and then, that's the surrender of our free will, then it's the Lord who does all works of love through us. It's not of our own power, it's of God's. And that's where key for me is you cannot separate faith and works because with our yes comes God's works of love that flow through us. That's why the two can't be separated. You can't have faith alone, okay? You can't have works alone. They work together. Our yes to the Lord, our permission with our free will, lets God work in us, with us, and through you, through us, with his works of love. It's, it's funny you're saying that, David. Earlier this week, I was driving through the, the farms of Lancaster, and uh, I was just, I was thanking God for the, for the harvest. You know, I was looking at the different crops, corn and, you know, something else I couldn't even identify, but it looked good. And I was like, Lord, thank you. I said, please, bless Bless whoever planted these seeds, and you know, which is so cool because I drive through there, and, and you know, it seems like one week it's a field, next week it's you know, there's stuff growing on. I was like, that is so cool that you do that, and I'm just talking to them, and uh, and then as you're as you're sharing, David, I'm I'm thinking, how foolish would the farmer be to have his field there and just like say, oh, I'm just going to pray that that corn's going to grow, 
I'm, I'm just going to pray. The corn's going to grow. I have trust. I'm going to. No, that would be foolish, right? Yeah. We have to cooperate. We have to till the soil, get it prepared, plant the seeds, right? We have to do our part. And then in the mystery of of the seed taking root and and, and the shoot coming up, man, it's just a, it just blows my mind when you think of, of of how awesome God is to do that. That's the same tr- the same with planting the seeds of, of faith that we have to put ourselves out there. We have to, as you said, David, get out of our comfort zone. Like last week, last Sunday's gospel, when Jesus called Peter out of the boat, he's a fisherman. His comfort zone is the boat. Get out, right? Come. And that's what you're challenging us to today. Get out of our comfort zone. Get out of our comfort zone. But we have to cooperate. God needs us to plant the seeds so then he can grow them. Right? And, I, and I love that parable or that, uh, that using of the, of the farmer because let's look at what happens there. The farmer is called to prepare the soil, to fertilize the soil, to plant the seed. But guess what? He's never called to grow it. If you take a kernel of corn, he plants that seed deep, and the green shoot comes up through the ground. If the farmer tries to grow it himself, he'll pop the fresh shoot out and kill the seed. That's where us, when we plant those seeds of truth in the soil of the heart of others God brings into our life, it's up to God to grow them. God may ask us to water them. The seeds that others planted may ask us to fertilize or till that soil of that heart. With our prayers and With our prayers and intercession. Or plant that seed of love with our, our actions, but he never asks us to grow it because that takes it away from God. It robs from God's role who grows those seeds in the soil of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Just like that little kernel of corn that's planted deep grows and comes up, God provides the sunlight. He provides, you know what I mean, what's mm-hmm. needed to bring that to fruition, which creates fruit. Yeah, and, and, and it kind of, it, it should be, it should be like a sigh of relief. Right, because if it was up to us, right? If it was up to us to, to I'd have a dead field. <laughs> oh man, to plant and grow, and I mean, we'd be, we'd be in trouble. So God's just given us what we can handle. I mean, everybody can tell their story, right? Yes. But we have to put ourselves out there to really experience Christ, encounter Him, you know, through through the sacraments, through 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 that fellowship and community, and and prayer and fasting and 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 alms giving and adoration and mass. Where we have to experience Christ, and they just share the story. Yes. Share the story of peace. Or even if someone doesn't want to hear the word Jesus or hear his name, peace, love, joy, hope. Right? Talk about all the fruit. Right. And who doesn't want more of that in their lives? Right? And so don't that's, be, that's planting yeah. the seeds. And don't be afraid like the woman at the well. Don't be afraid to share your stories. People don't have a problem many, many times if you share their stories of how you saw God. I call them God moments or heavenly kisses. You saw God in your life. People are okay with that, as opposed to force-feeding the Bible to people. A lot of times they, they, they reject that. But if we share our stories of how God changed us, worked in our lives, don't be afraid because fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. It's faith in, in Satan. When, we, when he gets us in his fear, he silences the Holy Spirit in us who wants to share and wants to encourage people with these stories of hope, you know, and mercy and forgiveness. You know, we're only supposed to have holy fear, fear in God and God alone. And, uh, and I want oh, look at this sentence that just jumped out of me. Have pity on me. Don't take off and destroy the glasses of judgment or seeing people as sinners. This is key for me, too. I'm a sinner. And every person that I look at, they in some way, shape, or form are sinners, but the, you know, they are in sin, 
but they themselves are a creation of God, created in his image and his likeness. Sin has contorted that likeness. But when I look at a person, I don't ever want to look at them and judge them in their sin or label them in their sin. Oh, he's an alcoholic. He's sexually addicted. She's this. She's a flirt. He's a gossip. Stop it. Stop it. Those are sins that that person is battling. So I don't ever want to label them, and I want to understand, have pity on me, Lord, because I'm a sinner. First and foremost, help me so that I can help others be set free from their sins through what? Through our love, through our non-condemnation. Mercy, right? Mercy. God's greatest gift is his mercy, and and if we extend that mercy through our lives, then people are going to get a taste of how awesome God is and his mercy, right? So, uh, you know, the, the, the prayer could be when we feel those things welling up in ourselves, it's not the other person's problem. If I get angry at someone else, it's not, oh, because they cut me off in traffic, it's their problem. No, Lord, please, what, what is what's it? In what, my what's in my What's going on, right? It's, why did I get so angry there, yeah. right? So, you know, anytime we do that, you know, casting judgment, um, Lord, what, what's, what's going on in my heart? Please re- reveal to me what needs, maybe some wounds that need to be healed. Yeah. In, in my own heart. Isn't it amazing? Because last night I, 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 I felt a reaction come up in me to something that happened. Well, a reaction is not of God if we allow it to come forth. We're always called to respond in love. So that's a good barometer for me. So this morning when I went to Mass, I said, Lord, help me. You're the gardener of my heart. Come into my heart and pull from me any of these roots from where that reaction, that anger, that frustration, whatever was in me, Dig them out, get them out, get rid of them. I don't want them. That surrender of constantly inviting the Father to come into the the garden of our hearts to keep it clean is so important. And here's the other thing. I find that God always brings sinners into my life to reveal my sin, to me reveal either judgment or gossip or something. So, man, boy, when I see a sinner come into my life, I always want to ask God a question, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And as we close, I love this little ditty from Father George. It says, The past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. The future is in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. The present is God's gift to be lived in love. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717 367 Zero one zero zero. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. 
And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.